lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. I want to dedicate this episode of the podcast to Rabbi Michael Stern, who tragically passed away two years ago. It was recently his second yard site. This episode should be in the merit of an aliyah for his neshama and a sin for his soul. And I'll speak more about Rabbi Stern in the podcast. A friend of mine recently shared such epic words. It's actually from... Rebbe Nachman's stories, the version translated by Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan, and it's in the publisher's preface, which was written by Rabbi Chaim Kramer. And I'm going to read it over because it's so powerful. He's discussing the period that we're in now, the fourth exile, as we've spoken about on this podcast several times before, and we're in the period now of the three weeks of mourning, where we're mourning the destruction of our temple. And we're awaiting the Gu'ula, we're awaiting the redemption and the rebuilding of our third and final temple soon, please God. And this is what Rabbi Chaim Kramer says based on Torah sources and Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. He says, our sages knew that in the later generations, the Jews would be exiled and would fall into a profound lethargy. And now he's quoting from the Torah. And it came to pass that when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, who was Abraham, and lo, a dread, even a great darkness fell upon him. And Rabbi Kramer is saying that the sleep, the dread, and the darkness are the vision of four exiles. This is based on our sages. And that the downfall of the generations of the Jewish people is symbolically represented by the idea of sleep. The Lakute Maharan, which was given over by Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, but recorded by his main disciple, Rab Nassan, says, There are many who have fallen into this deep sleep. Some people believe that they're serving God, but they're really sleeping. The years pass by, and what are they left with in the end? There are others who are in such a deep slumber that they do not even know they are asleep. The only way to wake people up, Rabbi Nachman tells us, is through stories. And now Rabbi Kramer is explaining that the Torah is a powerful light which can illuminate even the thickest darkness. And we know that the time period we're in now is very dark. He says, just as a person who's been deprived of light for a long time must not expose himself to glaring sunlight all of a sudden, so too one who is ignorant of Torah can only be exposed to it in a veiled form at first. The veil of the Torah is the stories. He explains that the stories are a gate which is accessible even to those who are still very far from God. And this is why Rabbi Nachman chose to tell stories before the end of his life. Because the generation was so far from God at that point that he felt that the only remedy was to present the secrets of the Torah, even the greatest secrets of the Torah, in the form of stories. I've learned several of Rabbi Nachman's stories, and they are so deep. They have so many layers of depth, and it really pays to learn them with a with a teacher and I've had the merit of learning this summer the Chacham Vitam, the sophisticated and the simpleton with Rebetzin Yehudis Golshevsky of Shaviti and I'm going to link below it's a Torah 
women's learning center and program that can be done from anywhere in the world. And Yehudis, Rebetzin Yehudis has been doing the Sophisticate and the Simpleton this summer. I highly, highly recommend learning the stories, especially with her if you're able to. And I hope to speak about the story at some point on this podcast when I feel I've internalized it enough to speak about it because it's so deep and so essential to my life and to life today. But I want to take the time to share a story that happened to me this week and illustrate some points from it. I recently met up with an old childhood friend who's not religiously observant so much, but has a strong faith, a very strong amuna in Hashem, as you'll see from the story. And she said to me, you know, from the biggest things to the smallest things, you really see Hashem, especially in the smallest everyday occurrences. She told me that she was getting ready to go to a workout class and she put a little water bottle in her bag. And then just as she was getting in the car, water spilt all over her in the ba- in the side of the bag and it ruined everything in the bag basically. And she was very frustrated and she ended up putting everything back in the house. And the only thing she took with her was maybe her phone, which she had dried off and a $1 bill. And she gets to the workout place and she realizes she needs water. So she goes to buy water and it's $1. And she realizes, oh my gosh, I brought that $1 with me. And she's like, see, I saw Hashem's hand so clearly like that I thought to bring this $1 that was exactly what I needed for the water, which I didn't have because it spilled. And again, this is coming from somebody who's not, you know, Shomer Shabbos or Shomer Kashru, but a Jew who recognizes Hashem in the details. And we were talking about how the more you see Hashem's hand, the more Hashem reveals his hand in, in these everyday occurrences. So we're talking about this last night. And then today I decide to go last minute to get an undergarment that I need in, in a lingerie store that I don't, you know, I haven't been in maybe in six years. And my friend, had, my other friend had mentioned to me, you should go to this store. It's called Secret Me. It's on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. And I was like, okay, you know, my friend told me to go to the store. Maybe maybe I'll go in. So I go in and this lady greets us and she's helping me. And automatically, you know, her and my mom get to talking and my mom tells her we've been living in Israel. And she says, what are you doing? And I say, my husband's learning in yeshiva. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. I just got the chills. I'm so inspired. And it was so special, her reaction. And then she explains, you know, I'm a Balchuva. I didn't grow up religious at all. I went to Hewlett High School. And I said, no way, I'm a Balchuva. I didn't grow up religious at all. And I went to Hewlett High School. This is, She's a middle-aged woman. And then she tells me her name, Wendy Stern. And, she's, and right away, we make the connection. Her brother was Rabbi Michael Stern. And we immediately both start crying and hugging because Rabbi Michael Stern was such a special person. And she said to me, I needed this today. I was thinking of him. I was missing him. And she said how it brings me such comfort to see and speak to somebody who knew him. And we were talking about him. And the way I had met him was about 10 years ago. I was visiting family in Florida and I needed a place to go for Shabbos. And my rabbi, Rabbi Link, connected me to the Stearns. And six months, it was six months after their daughter Shoshi tragically was killed by a car, their young daughter, they were still mourning the loss of their daughter and they opened their home to me, a stranger for Shabbos. I will never forget the Shabbos I spent with them. It was filled with so much light 
and sitting with them at the table and seeing them tear up as they spoke about their daughter. Rabbi Michael Stern also went to Hewlett High School, was a Batshuva, and became religious and eventually a rabbi and totally dedicated his life to Torah and mitzvot and spreading positivity and light into this world. He was such an uplifting, positive person. I loved his energy. I loved being around him. And even though we just had that one Shabbos together, I really had such fond memories of being with him. And I always would follow up with his emails where he would speak about proper speech, especially when his health was failing. He was mechazik everybody else. He was giving everybody else chizok and strength to speak properly and to be happy and to be grateful. It was so inspiring. There are so many people praying for him, including myself. And I told his sister Wendy this through our tears as we were hugging. And she said, I needed this today. Thank you so much. And, and I told her it was also a comfort for me because through this whole occurrence, I saw Hashem's hand, you know, that I needed this garment. And it's funny because I tried to order the garment online and there was a whole issue. And so I ended up going to the store. It could have been, I could have just ordered it online and this never would have happened. But Hashem had sent me into that store to meet Wendy and to connect. And the fact that it was just Rabbi Stern's yard site, it was, it was so, such an amazing occurrence. It was so, I hope it gave his Neshama Aliyah, it was so comforting to me to see the Hashkacha Pratis, the divine providence that was taking place. So in these dark times that we live in today, where there's a thick veil, or at times it may seem like there's a thick veil, and we can't see Hashem, I think it's so important to see in our own lives, from the smallest thing like the $1 bill we needed, to happening to meet somebody in a significant way, the way I did, I think that it's so important to see these occurrences where Hashem's hand is in our lives. Because again, the more we see it, the more it occurs. And it's through this way that we can see the truth. You know, we can strengthen our amuna that there is a God and he's here and he's with us and he loves us. And he's constantly overseeing every detail of our lives down to the smallest, smallest, minute detail. And if we can realize this, if we can realize that there's a God we can wake up a little bit, you know, we can kind of get ourselves out of this lethargic state that we're in, because I do feel very much, at least for me, (laughs) that we are very much in this state, I shouldn't be laughing. It's, it's such a intense pull, you know, into this sleep like state where we work, we consume, we see friends, we see family, but what are we really doing here? You know, we're here to serve Hashem with joy, you know, and when, and when I remember that and I remember, oh my gosh, there's a God and he's here and I could call out to him and I can have a relationship with him and I'm here to serve him. It's, I have such clarity as to how to devote my energy in my day, how to spend my time, how to view things, how to treat people, how to treat myself. There was a storm here recently and apparently a mini tornado made its way through the area and I was driving the morning after and I couldn't believe what I saw. It was a massive, massive tree that completely uprooted and fell over. Massive. And I was so awestruck by it that I stopped and took a picture. And I was amazed. And and right away I noticed that the tree was so big and so lush, but it barely had any roots. Underneath the whole top, you could see underneath the whole bottom, the roots were very, there weren't many roots and they were very short. They didn't have, the tree didn't have thick, long roots. 
And I immediately thought of an idea of how our amuna, our faith, it's it's like our roots. And we can, you know, have all the money and all, you know, we can puff ourselves up and we can look so impressive. And But at the end of the day, if something happens, if a storm comes through, if we go through a hard time and we don't have our roots dug deep in the ground, we don't have our strong roots of amuna and faith, we will fall right over. We could be the biggest tree. We could look like the biggest person. But if we don't have our strong roots, we will topple over. That's what I thought of when I saw this tree. And so these stories, at least for me, they strengthen my amuna. They strengthen my faith that there is a God and he's here with us and he loves us. And every time we can see Hashem, it's a little spark of light, like a firefly in the dark. To sum up, stories are a way our generation can begin to really connect to Torah and Hashem, and specifically seeing the little occurrences in our lives, small and big, where we can see Hashem's hand. They're so powerful to tell ourselves and to others in building our roots of faith and in bringing light into this world and bringing about the redemption. And if you have any stories of Hashkacha Prati, Divine Providence, I would love to hear them and I would love to hear from you as I love these stories and they're so powerful in building our Muna roots. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and share. And if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful. Take care.